When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to The Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood, we are finally up to volume four of the 250 list. So if you're new to the show, the 250 list is an article that was written and published in November of 2021 by Bobby Caron from XS Rock website. So this list contains 250 hard rock and metal bands from the 80s and early 90s that fell short of setting the world on fire, but still had albums worth checking out. That is sort of opinionated as we get through some of these albums. With each episode volume that we do, as I said, we're up to volume four. Sonny and I are each going to share five of these bands, five each from the list to discuss. Sonny and I know some of these bands, some of these bands we had no clue about, some of these albums we own, some of these albums I'm not sure you can even find in existence anymore. But we've gone through this list, and there's a lot of bands we've shared, and generally the way that I've tried to approach it is there's usually at least two maybe three albums that I own and I know these bands. And then I always try to pick a couple that I'm not that familiar with that I either don't own the album or just have really no clue about. Uh, how about you, man? Yeah, I'm getting to a part of the list where with the ones I'm talking about today, I own, well, if you count the historic moment, I own three of the albums. And from your list, I own two unfortunately i'll tell you why the other one was unfortunate yeah so from your list i own none of the albums <laughs> that you're going to be talking about and one of the bands i'm familiar with and the other ones i just 
I mean, I've, I've maybe heard of them, but I don't know much about them at all. So it's definitely an interesting list. And, and the weird thing about it is that the listeners really seem to like these episodes. We have a lot of people that get involved in listening and downloading these particular episodes that seem to be enjoying them. So as long as you guys are enjoying them, we'll keep doing them. But we're up to volume four on this. Before we get too deep into this list, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up Music Spotlight. Okay, so today's Crank It Up Spotlight, I'm going to feature a band that I've never heard of before that turned up. They've got an album coming out on August 11th called Lion's Road. And other than that, I really can't tell you anything about this band. Maybe Sonny can after we play this song, but the name of the band is called Soraya Sign. So it's one word. The song is called Ever Dying Night. Okay, so I don't know much about this band either. <laughs> they're called Cinematic Melodic Hard Rock, and they're from Sweden. Okay, big surprise. <laughs> they're from Sweden. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, first of all, I'm glad that the intro didn't last too long. Mm -hmm. 20 seconds. What a great riff. What a great vocal. Catchy as hell song. The lead singer's name is Stefan Ninkvist. Or something like that. N Y K V I. First of all, any last name that starts with N Y K V <laughs> has to be Swedish, right? Like, didn't we do a pact where we said we weren't going to try and pronounce any of these people's last names anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. So let me start over then. <laughs> uh, Stefan is on vocals. We have Daniel on lead guitar, Andreas on keyboard, Daniel L on bass, and Jesper L on drums and rhythm guitar. And I am telling you. I can't wait till 8 11 
because this song is so good. I can't wait to hear the album. So your reaction was basically the same as mine. I get these promos. They send me emails, say, hey, here's the latest single uh, from this band. The album's coming out here. And they're usually they'll put like a bio in the notes that says, here's what this band's all about. For this particular press release, there was nothing. It just it has a copy of the album cover. It says Soraya San, says uh, Ever Dying Night. Name of the record is Lion's Road, says the record's coming out August 11th, and that's all it says. So I try to go through all the music, unless it it has that death font, (laughs) and then I skip it. You know what I'm talking about out there. The death metal font, uh, which most bands, a lot of those bands have, I just kind of skip it. But uh, I wanted to try this out. It, of course, comes from Frontiers Records. Where else? They send me a ton of stuff. And so I put this on and I was like, okay, I like that. Oh, like that. Oh, like that. And I kept listening. I was like, and then I, and then I re-listened to it right after that. I was like, I like this song a lot. So this song grabbed me instantly. Uh, So I'm very, very interested to hear the rest of the record because if it's 10 more of these, then I'm down with it for sure. But Soraya sign is the name of the band. And the name of the song is Ever Dying Night. And the record is Lion's Road out August 11th. And yeah, uh, good stuff from them. Yeah, before we go on, I get these promos too. And I'm looking at my email right now. And it says new promo. I'll leave the band name out of it. Progressive melodic death metal. (laughs) Sounds like Nocturnus, The Faceless, or Carcass. I'm like, delete. And it's got the death metal font. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I, I'm not even trying. It. I delete those as well. I get so much of that stuff. It's just like, okay, thank you. No, I, no point in wasting my time. I get too much stuff. I got to focus on the stuff that might might have a chance. Like what you're hearing? Share this episode out. Post it to your favorite social network and let people know you're listening to the Growing Up Rock podcast. It will help us grow, and we greatly appreciate it. So getting going with the episode, I'm going to share my first two 250 list volume four albums or bands. The first one is a band called Banshee. So the uh, it's B-A-N-S-H-E-E. Right now, there's a listener. Oh, my God. I got that CD. I used to love those guys. I saw them live. Okay, whatever. <laughs> the, <laughs> the band was formed in 1986 in Kansas City. Uh, when you look at the pictures and the logo for the band, they fit into the hair metal era, you know, black and white leather type look, big hair. But when you listen to music, it's definitely more metal. The band called it quits a couple of times, but currently are out there touring and still writing music. Okay. The, currently, the band members are Terry Dunn on guitar, George Call on vocals, Vinnie Parma on drums. I said the last names because I could. Over the last 37 years, these guys have released four albums and an EP. The latest one was called Madness. It came out in 2019. I took a listen to a bunch of their songs. Most of it is definitely listenable because they're trying to write really good melodies, right? Versus just being like another acceptor or Saxon or insert shitty band name here. They are on Spotify. The three songs I liked the best were Shoot Down the Night from 1988's Race Against Time, Taming the Beast from 2012's Mind Slave, which the vocal and the feel change significantly, and even the album cover is changing and 1988's race against time versus 2012's mind slave like you look at the two album covers they're polar opposites but uh check out this song it's a melodic song from 1993's 
take them by storm. Check out Color Me. My second band. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Diamond Rex. I have to laugh because it's two X's. Like uh, the two Z's, the two X's, the Q where it's not supposed to go is just interesting. But anyway, Diamond Rex formed in 1985 in Chicago. They were definitely going for some sort of unique sound because when you listen to their music, they're tr- trying to be kind of hard rock, metal, sleaze, punk, kind of all into one. And I think we would all agree when you're trying to be something to everybody, you're nothing to nobody usually. They released a couple albums, late 80s, early 90s, went on hiatus for a couple of years, came back in 2001 and were total alt metal when they came back. They're still out there and they're touring, okay? Current members, Nasty Habits is on lead vocals. (laughs) SS, dude, I can't make this shit up. S.S. Priest is on guitars. David Andre's on bass. George Lunacy Lorenzi is on drums. All right. These guys got six albums total. The last one was 2020 called Psych Ward. I have never heard any of their music. So I went and checked them out. They're on Spotify. None of it was super great. Okay. Uh, The three songs I like the best. Land of the Damned, which is a title track from the first album released in 86. Hypnotized which was from 2002's The Evil, which I think he's kind of rapping in that song, which was, it was kind of like a storytelling rap thing, whatever. And this one from 2020 Psych Ward, check out the Motorhead cover, Ace of Spades. I got to get your take on these two bands. What, that dude, George, didn't have any kind of nickname? <laughs> no, it, it just, well, Lunacy Lorenzi. It's Dave Andre that didn't have a nickname. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it was one of them, but I preferred the rest of them. 
<laughs> God darn. Okay, let's. Thank God I'm drinking wine tonight. All right, let's start with Banshee. So, Color Me was my favorite out of the three that you recommended. I mean, I think I've heard the name before. Other than that, I didn't know anything about it. I don't own any of it. Diamond Rex. At first, when I saw this on your list, I got it confused with that band Legs Diamond. Remember them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, at first, I was like, well, I think I actually own some Diamond Rex. No, that's Legs Diamond I own. They're probably on this list somewhere, too, and they'll come up in another episode at some point. But (laughs) Diamond Rex. Yeah, I hated it. (laughs) I did not like any of this at all. And the Ace of Spades cover, I mean, it's pretty close to the vest. So why? I mean, I'll just put on Motorhead and listen to the original. So, yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) Good for you. Okay. (laughs) On to my first couple of bands. All right. So this first band is sort of a... They're a bit of a cult classic with a lot of people in our circles. I know there's quite a few fans of the band Wild Side. And their sole album, which was Under the Influence, had a lot of great songs on it. And so I think it was that album alone that got them on this list. They were out of L.A. Uh, they came really late in the 80s. Uh, they were signed to Capitol Records. And Capitol Records, I think, originally was going to pour a bunch of money into them. They were supposedly the next big thing, but how many bands have had that moniker over their head at one point or another? To me, the Under the Influence record is kind of a hidden gem because I think it's a really great straight ahead hard rock record. My favorite songs from this uh, record are songs like Hang On Lucy, Monkey See, Monkey Do, and this one called Heart and Soul. So moving on to my second band, it's a band called Heaven, and I would not be surprised if nobody has ever heard of this band. (laughs) They're an Australian band that released three studio albums. The first one was Bent in 1982, Angels Fear to Tread in 83, and Knocking on Heaven's Door in 85. The band toured the U.S. Yes, they actually toured the U.S. back then when bands could get on bills and tour the U.S. And that is the only reason that I know who this band is and I own their debut record, Bent, because I saw this band open up for, I believe, Judas Priest on the Screaming for Vengeance tour. And the reason that I say that is because that was my second concert after Van Halen and Van Halen had a crappy opening band. And so I didn't know much about what opening bands could provide. 
And when I saw this concert and this band I'd never heard of, Heaven, opened up, I actually thought they were decent. They're very ACDC-ish on that first album, and then they got away from that. So they lost me on the other two records. But that first album, Bent, although the production is not that great, listening back to it now, I like songs like In the Beginning, which sort of goes through all these great metal bands, using them in the lyrics, a song like Fantasy, and this one called Nothing to Lose. So, Wild Side. This is one of the albums I own. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try some songs. So I tried Hang on Lucy, So Far Away, How Many Lies, Looks Like Love, Easy as One, Two, Three, Monkey See, Monkey Do, Heart and Soul. Meh, 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 ugh, meh, meh, meh. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand why nobody knows who these folks are. (laughs) Heaven. All right. So a lot of the times, and I kind of did it um, when I talked about Diamond Rex. If I don't know who the band is and I've never heard them before, I'll go to a cover because at least I know what the cover is supposed to sound like. So then I'm like, all right, let me get an idea of what these guys sound like on a song that I know. So with Heaven, I went to Knocking on Heaven's Door. That was a bad idea because that was not a good cover. (laughs) Then I went to Nothing to Lose. It was okay. I went to When Angels Fear to Tread, Where Angels Fear to Tread. That was very crocus. It was okay. Went to Rock School. Oh, my God. Was that a sax solo? (laughs) <laughs> Rock school was brutal <laughs> and fantasy. It was very crocus. So that was probably my favorite song out of all the ones I listened to. I really gave these, both these bands a shot. They were rough. Yeah. And like I said, everything after uh bent, which was that first debut heaven record. I didn't like, they lost me after that because, uh, you know, at least ACDC going for the ACDC sound crocus. You used the word crocus, same thing going through for that sound. At least I kind of know, you know, that's meat and potato rock for me, and I, I dig it. They got away from that after that first record. I can only assume because of the record label probably pointed them in that direction. They were on CBS, I want to say, which means that, uh, yeah, that's probably also why they were doing that Judas Priest tour. But I like the first record. There's some good stuff on there, but everything after that, <laughs> And unfortunately, the lead singer passed away in 2015 uh from a long battle with cancer so r.i.p to him please make sure you hit that follow button to subscribe to growing up rock podcast so you don't miss an episode okay my next two bands (laughs) the first one is called sinner so from germany 
formed in 82 by a guy named Matt Sinner. These guys are straight up power speed metal. Never heard of them. Love the band name. Um, many folks were comparing them to Pretty Maids, so I figured I'd check them out. Seems like the early releases were a little more metally, but then the later stuff became more melodic. Band's still around. Matt Sinner's real gig is Primal Fear. He's a bass player there. So I guess he goes you know, to Primal Fear every time they want to play. If you're a listener right now, you're like, wow, oh my God, they're talking about Sinner. I wonder who's in the band. All right. Matt Sinner is the vocalist. Alex Schlopp is a guitar player. Tom Nauman is a guitar player. Marcus Coleman is a drummer. This band has 20 studio albums. Oh my God, dude. With the latest one coming in 2022 called Brotherhood. So I gave a bunch of the music a listen. It's all on Spotify. I can tell you the vocal is not Pavarotti by any means. It's listenable. I would say some of the stuff was catchy. The three I like the best, Scene of the Crime from 1984's Danger Zone, which I'm absolutely positive you love that song because that's in your bang zone. Battle Hill from 2017's Tequila Suicide. And this one from 2019's Santa Muerte. It's a duet with their uh, second lead singer, who is, uh, her name is Georgia. Here's a song called Last Exit Hell. my next band i'm gonna go with another band i've never heard of called kill for thrills who most likely formed in los angeles i can't really tell but check out the band members all right so david scott on drums who yeah nobody knows and nobody cares todd muscat on bass that is ass pollutions brent muscat's brother (laughs) poor todd had to live with he's he's faster pussycat brent's brother i feel bad for him Jason Nesmith on guitar, who is the son of Monkey's Michael Nesmith. And Gilby Clark on vocals and guitar, who we all know later joined Guns N' Roses. So is this a super group? I don't think so. It's just recognizable names, as far as I can tell. They lasted a couple of years. They released an EP called Commercial Suicide in 89. Their only full-length album was called Dynamite from Nightmareland in 1990. I gave a listen to both releases and never heard of it before. They've got a little punk. They definitely got some sleaze to them. They only got one song on Spotify, so the rest of the stuff you have to listen on YouTube. The three songs I liked were Motorcycle Cowboys, Something for the Suffering, which both of those songs sounded very L.A. Guns. And check out this one. Great pre-chorus, great chorus. Here is Commercial Suicide.
Dokie. <laughs> Let's start at center. Man, 20 albums, 22 albums. You sure you sure it's not a bunch of bands called Center cuz that's kind no. of a typical band name. No, no. And the discography, it was like Wild and Evil, Evil, Fast Decision, Danger Zone, Touch of Sin, Coming Out Fighting, Dangerous Charm, No More Alibis, Respect, Bottom Line, Judgment. Day. I mean, it just keeps going. Matt Center. Yes, I'm sure that's his real name. Anyway, yeah. It was just meh for me. I didn't hate on it, but I didn't love on it either. They weren't pretty maids to you, were they? I didn't hear pretty maids. No, not at all. Not for me, they weren't. Again, 22 albums. I didn't listen to everything, but, (laughs) you know, who knows? They might be pretty maids on one of the records. Who knows? Anyway, Kills for Thrills. uh, I'm very familiar with this band. I don't, I'm not a fan and I don't own any of the stuff, but. They've been around for a while and they played out a lot because we had a, a, well, we still have a club here in Atlanta that a lot of these type bands just sort of gravitate towards. And they definitely played that club a ton of times. They're sort of gothy, uh, sleazy, punky, just like you said. And that's exactly what this club is all about. So, yes, I knew Gilby Clark was in it. I didn't know about uh, Todd Muscat, but. That doesn't surprise me. A lot of those uh, L.A. guys, you know, they kind of rotate in those bands. I wasn't that familiar with the music, and I listened to it, and I was like, yeah, this is why I don't really own any of this stuff, because it's just not good for you if you like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my thing. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight. to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, so getting back to the discussion, I am going to come upon my next two bands. Uh, these are two records that I actually own, and I know both of these bands. The first one is a band called TT Quick. Now, if you're not familiar with TT Quick, band was formed in 1980 and hit the scene in 84 with their debut EP. They're probably most known for the fact that their singer is Mark Tornillo. Now, Mark went on to join Accept and is the current vocalist in Accept, replacing Udo Dirkschneider. If you listen to the TT Quick record, you will see why Mark was probably a perfect fit for Accept. Because TT Quick, just a straight ahead hard rocking band, uh, definitely borderline metal. Uh, not speed metal or anything like that. The name of their record, Medal of Honor, is a record that I own. And yeah, I, it's just, I dig this band. If you like Accept, then you probably will like TT Quick. Uh, just, you know, I mean, straight, straight ahead rock and roll. Uh, I dig them. Nothing special. No, you're not going to get a bunch of hooks and a bunch of pop melodies. You're just going to get straight up loud guitars in your face. My favorite songs off this record are the title track, Medal of Honor, a song called Front Burner, and I dig this one, Hell to Pay. (laughs) 
Moving on to my next selection, it is a band called Harlow. If you are not familiar with Harlow, and I, to be honest, wasn't that familiar with the band itself. I just heard a few songs on the record at the time and said, "Eh, I kind of like that, so I'm going to pick it up. And that was like 100 years ago. (laughs) And probably I haven't listened to that record since then. Anyway, they are most notable, and I did not know this till recently researching them, for featuring Tommy Thayer from Black and Blue and Kiss on guitars. I did not actually know that. It also uh, includes Teresa Straley, who is the singer, Pat Reagan on keyboards, and Todd Jensen on bass. If you're not familiar with Todd Jensen, He's been in a bunch of things, most notably Journey as of recently, and then Stephen Klong on drums. The band only released one album, self-titled Record, from Harlow in 1990, and they're a bit more of an AOR-type pop band, but you can try songs like Chain Reaction, Empty, and this song, Cry Murder. How many podcasts are out there talking about TT Quick and Harlow? I can tell you. <laughs> None? <laughs> None. All right. So let's start with TT Quick. I saw the album cover and I'm like, oh no. Here we go. And the album cover did not disappoint because <laughs> when I listened to Medal of Honor, I'm like, ugh. And then I listened to Child of Sin, ugh. A front burner was meh. Hell to Pay was okay. There was just, I tried the song called Age and Treachery or something like, oh my God, it was brutal. <laughs> the only song that really had any groove to me was Whippin' Time. There was some song called Whippin' Time that I could actually tolerate. That was a rough listen. Harlow, did you say the singer was Teresa? Because I couldn't figure out if the singer was a man or a woman. All I could figure out was they were trying to be actor Rose. No, it's a chick. I, I saw a picture of them a long time ago, and and I think that might have even actually been why I picked up the record is because I saw a picture of her, and she was kind of hot, you know, that 80s look, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So that's why I picked up the record. But, yeah. I saw the Chain Reaction video, uh, definitely trying to be GNR clone Axl Rose kind of thing. That song was okay. Empty, 
I'm like, I'm listening to Empty going, wait a second. Is that Tommy Skeel or is that Tommy Thayer? Right? Because <laughs> the hair, the hair was cray cray. And then I'm like, wait a second. I know that lick. And then I happened to listen to Knucklebones by Dibley Roth the next day. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the lick. It was just by chance that I heard it. Um, you you cry, sent me that, and I did hear it as well. Yeah. Uh, cry Murder. Dude, these bands don't need 30 seconds of, like, musical interlude. Doesn't done need the intro. And, man, was that chorus bad. So I I guess out of these, I like Chain Reaction the best, but they, they weren't great. Uh, Tommy left Black and Blue for this. I don't think he left black and blue for this. I don't know what the situation was. Like I said, I have no, I had no idea that he was in Harlow and I was a big black and blue fan. So I'm not sure how that escaped me. And I'm not even sure whether that information is correct, but that's what it says. Wow. Okay. So for my final band and uh, (laughs) every time I bring up fate's warning, somebody will send me a note going, you like fate's warning? But you don't like Priest and you don't like Queensryche and you don't like blah. I have to be in a mood for it. There's Queensryche I like. There's Priest I like. There's a lot of, uh, well, Maiden's one of my favorite bands of all time. But Fate's Warning's one of those bands that I just got to be in the mood for it. They've been around since 82 from Connecticut. Somewhat progressive metal. But if you hear the right stuff, it's not as progressive-y, I guess. A very Queensryche type band. The band has had its share of members over the last 40 years. They're still around. The names you would know really, Ray Alders on vocals, been there since 87. Joey Vera's on bass since 96. Jim Mathos is on guitar, has been there since 82. The other two guys are all new. The band's released 13 studio albums, got a bunch of live stuff, bunch of DVDs. The album that I own actually is Parallels, and I own Inside Out, and I own Perfect Symmetry, which is basically 89 to 94 in their discography. Uh, Parallels. When you listen to that album, it's a little more accessible, I would say. If it comes out four years earlier, Fate's Warning is probably as big as Dream Theater is. But it comes out in 1991. It's probably a little too late. I've seen the band live a couple of times. They're proficient at their instruments. They're a little boring to watch. All these prog guys are. They don't jump around. They got, you know, they're trying to be serious musicians here. If you've never heard any Fate's Warning, it's all on Spotify. Give these three songs a shot. First song is called One from 2000's disconnected it's not a cover try anarchy divine from 1988's no exit which is every Queensryche fan that's listening right now will absolutely love that song and this is actually one of my faves from 1991's parallels here is point of view Looking out 
Do you know anything about Fate's Warning? Have you given it a shot? I think you would really love these guys. Yeah, I mean, I was into Fate's Warning pretty early on, like back in the day when I was learning about bands in magazines. So I'm very aware of Fate's Warning, and I actually got to see them live for the very first time a few years back because they were opening for Queensryche. Go figure. <laughs> the per- Makes sense. The perfect yeah. pairing, right? I disagree with that. They're not progressive, though. They're everything about them to me is just very progressive. I don't know that they have an unprogressive side. The only album that I own, and I'm going to try and find it because it was a very early album. It's got to either be Night on Brocken or The Spectre Within. It was Night on Brocken. Uh, that is the record that I owned. So that's the only Fates Warning record I owned. When I saw them, they had Joey Vera from Armored Saint playing bass with them. Uh, which was cool. He's pretty active on stage, uh, but the rest of them, just like you said, there's not a whole lot of moving around. There's a whole lot of moving parts to that, to their music and stuff. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I do like them at times uh, if I'm in the mood. So I'll say that. Which one of these songs do you think I most would like? Anarchy Divine? No, I figured... Well, yeah, Anarchy Divine is the most Queens right. So, yeah, you got to take that one. Okay. So, I'll try that out. But, yeah, it's it's one of those bands I just need to be in the mood, mood for, for sure. All right. That leads me to my final selection for Volume 4's 250 list. And it is a band that I own absolutely nothing, have no clue about this band. I think I'd heard the name, but then again, I think I mixed it up with something else. Uh, The name of the band is Asphalt Ballet. I think I own a band called Asphalt Valentine. Uh, So I may have mixed it up because, you know, there's how many asphalt bands are there out there anyway. (laughs) So the band released an album in 91 and it's a pretty decent record. It's pretty straight ahead, uh, sort of a mix of, of soul and, and blues and hard rock. And, uh, there's even a little bit of a Southern tinge in there, but there were disagreements within the band, which, caused the band to splinter and they ended up putting out a record called pigs afterwards which <laughs> sounds nothing like the debut record so go figure that probably happens to a lot of bands i would say that if you are interested try out the debut record asphalt ballet and it is on spotify my favorite tunes were songs like hell's kitchen Unlucky Mr. Lucky, which I think is kind of a cool title, and a song called Soul Survive. Why not try a little Hell's Kitchen? Walks 
All right. So Asphalt Ballet, these guys are from San Diego, and they were in the clubs. So I actually own the debut record. You already know more than I do. Yeah. So West Coast guys, the vocal is raspy, which and the melody of Hell's Kitchen is just absolute yuck. Like that, I didn't like that song at all. Soul Survive is meh. Unlucky, Mister Lucky. I can tell you why there's splinters in these bands. The songs are complete shit. And whoever put harmonica on Unlucky, Mister Lucky, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like, I, <sighs> so then I'm like, how the hell do I have this CD? I guarantee you, we ended up at a Rasputin's or a Tower when I was absolutely fucking hammered. Had to be, because there's no reason to own this. <laughs> But they got my nine dollars. So. <laughs> that I think that's the motto and theme for the two fifty list <laughs> overall. <laughs> I was hammered and it got my nine dollars. All right, we're gonna end this on a good note. Hey Hollywood, you know what time it is? Let's connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. For the Kiss Connection, we're going to go to an awesome band who made the 250 list called Badlands. We've discussed this band a couple of times on the podcast. Honestly, they're a little bit of a hidden gem. Band was formed by Jakey Lee after he left Ozzy, lasted for about five years. They had already replaced Ray Gillins on vocals in 92. They thought they were going to go forward. Now, who they replaced him with depends on who you believe. Jakey Lee says John West was a replacement, but then um, <laughs> Martin says... Debbie Holiday was a replacement, so I, I don't know. But when Ray died in 93, all hopes of Badlands ever uniting, reuniting were done. The band released three albums in total, the self-titled Badlands in 89, Voodoo Highway in 91, and then an album called Dusk in 98, which is basically demos recorded from the 92 time frame when Gillen was still on vocals. This Kiss connection is, along with Greg Chasen on bass, who has no Kiss connection, the mighty Eric Singer played drums on the first album. So Eric obviously joins Kiss for Revenge in 92, and the rest, as they say, is history, and he is now the Catman. So to celebrate Eric Singer's portion of the band, here is a song off the self-titled album, which is a great album that you can't find anywhere for some reason. So you have to kind of listen to this on YouTube, most likely. Here is Dancing on the Edge. Great song, great band, but Hollywood, come on. Greg Chasen has no Kiss connection? Yes, he does. 
What's his Kiss connection? His Kiss connection is that he was in Keel and Gene Simmons produced that Keel record. Oh my God. Come First on. of all, I didn't remember he was in Keel. I didn't know that. And I don't like Keel. <laughs> I have to help you out. It's all right. Yeah. That's good. Thanks for helping me out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it. I was thinking as you were talking about Badlands, because it is, it is the most notable thing outside of Ozzy that Jake has done. Why Jake wouldn't just resurrect Badlands and not do Jakey Lee's Red Dragon Cartel? Why not just re-resurrect? I mean, he's got to own the name, right? He was the biggest name in that band. I would think that he, uh, maybe somebody else owns the name. I don't know. I, I would have to guess there's three things. One is, who are you going to get to sing? Because Ray Gillen is hard man to copy. One of the best singers I've ever heard in rock. Yeah, I agree with that. But in today's day and age, I think it's, there are singers out there. I mean, there are oh, great yeah. He'd singers out there. He'd have to grab a newbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, there's probably some really bad memories attached to Badlands. And does he want to really relive those by having it on a marquee every once in a while? Mm-hmm. And three... You know what? The, for the folks that just know a little bit of Badlands, it immediately attaches itself to AIDS. And I'm telling you, Jakey e. Lee does not want to deal with that bullshit. Yeah, maybe so. Right? So that's why you haven't heard Jack from Jake, right? It's just like, it's it's too bad because I don't know how he makes a living. I don't know how he survives because he can't be selling albums. No, but I bet, I bet he has some endorsements and I bet. Look, he's a guy that could make money just being a guitar teacher if he wanted to be. Oh, that's true. Right? Uh, because people would, you know, there are famous guitar players out there that will teach uh, guitar, you know, for the right price. I mean, we know Joel Holkstra teaches guitar. Uh, so you can definitely, you know, you can take lessons from some of these guys if you got the, the jack to pay for it. Uh, but He's probably got endorsements. He's probably sees some residuals from some of the Aussie stuff that he does have his name on. And uh, yeah, who knows? I, I mean, our friend Baco did some good interviews with him, and I don't know if he ever talked to him about that, but probably not. You know, just how does he make his money? That that seems like a John, John Lamoureux question, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just uh, Jake is a great guitar player. I mean, some of the riffs on some of those Aussie albums are so great Mm -hmm. that I just wish, you know, similar to what I've said about Van Halen and honestly, GNR it's God, we could have 20, 30 albums from these guys. If they could have just got along, maybe focused, maybe loved what they were writing. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but don't we deserve another like eight Van Halen albums? You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, Jake put out two red dragon cartel records and people didn't really like those. And maybe that's what it, you know, whether you put red dragon cartel on the marquee or badlands on the marquee, it is what it is. That's maybe what he's writing and you either don't like it or you do like it. I mean, I liked some of that red dragon cartel. I didn't love it all. Uh, and for me, it wasn't as good as badlands, but that's, my personal preference and maybe he feels like that's going to be the preference of everybody that puts new music out so then you're back to why why do it right uh it's not going to pay any bills so i don't know i mean jake is a bit of a a, an odd duck a recluse uh whatever you want to call it but he uh, there is no doubt he is a talented musician for sure yeah no doubt 
All right. So that's it. That's volume four of our 250 list. Uh, again, you guys seem to enjoy these. If you want to go check out the entire 250 list, you're welcome to do so. The links are in the show notes and you can check out the article itself. They've got little uh, brief tidbits on the bands. Yeah, go check it out for yourself. Otherwise, just wait for volume five, which will eventually roll around. We're putting these out probably one a quarter, somewhere in and around there, maybe one every two and a half months or so. And uh, thanks for listening. We hope you guys are enjoying this. Again, you're getting the full episodes on Sunday on release day, but then we're also doing these Friday quick fixes, which are a quick dose of rock and roll every Friday, which you can also check out on the Grown Up Rock podcast. Thanks for listening. And until next week, Hollywood, do you have anything you want to add before we get up on out of here? Yeah, uh, as a listener, don't take what we're saying too seriously about these bands if you love them, because my guess is Banshee or Diamond Rex or Heaven or Kill for Thrills or Harlow is somebody's Y&T, is somebody's (laughs) Babylon AD, is somebody's Lord Tracy, right? And those are bands that I love that nobody's ever heard of, right? That it's like, well, why do you listen to those people? Like, it all depends on when you came across it, where you lived, were they the hometown folks, did you see them live? Did you meet your significant other there? Was it the first time you got laid? Like, there's so many things. So, you know, we're listening to it in our 50s. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't you can't see it the same. Never take music personal. It's not a personal attack on anything. Different strokes for different folks, and it just depends on what you're into. So, sometimes me or Sonny might be a little bit harsher than we actually should be. But overall, you know, it's... I'm sure there are people out there who absolutely hate Eclipse and Heat, but it is what it and is. Saxon. And Saxon. And Saxon and Rush and you know any number of bands, Jeff Scott Soto and Richie Kotzen and things that we love. So it's it's okay. It's all good. Uh we try to keep it positive and uh usually it's uh if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it, although Sonny says it anyway. And <laughs> I have no choice if I uh, in these episodes where I just don't like it. I have to say something. So uh, there you go. But anyway, until next week, see ya later. It's time to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Get ready to turn it up. can help out the podcast greatly by leaving us a five-star review at apple podcasts podchaser or spotify the links are in the show notes or just drop us a line at our email growing at gmail.com
Growing Up Rock is a proud member of the Pantheon Network. Pantheon is the place for music lovers. Check us out along with many other great music podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 